It's time for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our views. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 223, recorded on Sunday, December 9th, 2012. Bum with a podcast. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by Personas. Makers of digital mixers and recording systems, including the Studio Live 16.0.2 and AudioBox. For more information, visit personas.com. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers. We're back, you guys. Yes, it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. And we are no longer in the temporary studio location, which was located in my beautiful kitchen and dining room area. Now back in the studios, and as you can see, a little bit different behind me. I now have a full wall, no windows, a shelf, some lights, better lighting overall, and uh, new sound, thanks to Personas, and we'll talk about them in a moment. But first, starting us off, it wouldn't be a Geek Gamer Weekly Without this gentleman right here, here he is, folks, from the confines of Monroe, Washington. <laughs> here he is, our EVE Online specialist, John Kessler. Hey, John, how are you? Your mic is not muted. I'm looking. No, it's not me. Don't. Stop. Stop it. Bring it over. Oh, no. This this was the lip sync um, episode. Oh, the lip sync episode. Yeah. Or, yes. you know, for the lip readers. How oh. are you feeling, man? I'm doing just ducky. Yeah, yeah. How how uh, how do you like your new surroundings over there? You feel it's, a little feels roomy. Feels empty over there, doesn't yeah, it's, it? It's roomy. There's not a lot going on. Yeah, there's echoes on the walls. There's echoes. We need some soundproofing material. Still, still to show up. Yes. But uh, how how do you sound? How do you do you feel crisp? Maybe. All right. Anything mm-hmm. else? Uh, yeah, I don't have a. I, I, don't have a fridge to just reach back. We can get, try to get a fridge for you. I get a mini fridge over here. We do need a mini fridge in here. Oh, That's a I great can, idea. I can round one of those up. Oh, seriously? Yes. Make that make. I can make that happen. Make it so. No, I'll just make it happen. All right. <laughs> All Next. right. Next. Joining us is my co-host of Minecraft Me, good friend, Mac expert, and he's also the president of the Oregon Bureau of Technology, Gaming Research, and Development. Here he is. Joseph Falby. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of shirt you got there? Is that a University of, what, Hawaii? Uh, it's University of Hawaii. It yeah, is. Yeah, University of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah very nice. Uh, yeah, the only thing I, I noticed about the new set is you have the old consoles behind you. I see the, the NES. Yeah. And the, yeah. You have the the um, the Super Scope from the SNES. Yeah. And you, have a game, you even have a Game Gear up there. Yeah, I do. And, of course, the helmet from Halo 3, I think, was that. that That's was right. That was Halo 3. Yeah, yeah. You don't have Virtual Boy. So, 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 you, Joe, you're saying to me you're going to bring a Virtual Boy up and you're going to put no, it. I'm going to put one behind me. Uh oh. 
Oh, you're you're. I was getting happy for a moment there. Yeah, you don't have one. I, no. I do. I'll put one up behind. No, you. No, I value my eyesight. Actually, <laughs> that's it. Doesn't hurt your eyes. <laughs> oh, come on. As long as you don't play it for more than about twenty minutes, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Only twenty minutes. Yeah. No, no. I I, I intend on adding uh, more things behind me. Um, and actually, I I intend on adding more things to the walls. Except for hats. Uh, hats are going to be going away. I mean, not going away. I'll still be wearing hats. I just won't show them prominently all the way around the room. I have crown molding all the way around the room. Um, so the lighting that you see behind me, the, the red LED lights uh, that are there, uh, are, are from Ikea. I got the idea from uh, Andrew Zarian over at GFQ Network, which they simulcast this awesome show. And, and by the way, if you host a network, you should simulcast our show too. Um, anyway, um, so... I got the idea from him, and you can change the color of the lights, which is nice. And I'm going to be adding uh, the reader board, you probably remember, um, and uh, some new overall lighting. So you probably think that it's a little bit more brighter in here, and it is. Uh, we have a more diffused light that helps the cameras, and I think, hopefully, you guys like it. Uh, hopefully, you guys could see us better. I know the, the sheen on John's head is more more what was it more defined more natural mm -hmm. it's it's because you were you recording in 120 frames now yeah what, what's right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh hopefully you guys could see that the the cameras look good they actually looks better uh and i want to talk a little bit now about the personas mixer that we have now uh, thanks to Personas, uh, who stepped up to the plate. Uh, they, they wanted to be our audio sponsor for the network. Uh, so you're going to be seeing their name a lot, and, and you're going to hear them. Thanks to them, you're going to be hearing the improvement of audio quality. Uh, we have the Studio Live 16.0.2. Uh, this, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 16.02. I thought I was going to say 4 for some reason. Um, I'm thinking 4 because of 4 aux sends. But this is a truly digital mixer. It is awesome uh, it can do multi-track recording 16 channels are fully customizable through their fat channel you can turn on compressor on an individual channel basis it's really cool uh, there's compressor and gate control you can control it with your ipad or you can use a, a desktop client um, save all your presets on a show basis now podcasters and internet broadcasters may not be using this board however I think this is a great board for internet broadcasters, and you're going to hear more about it in detail in the coming weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I want to say a big thanks to Brad over there at Personas. And if you want more information about Personas and their awesome line of audio products, head over to personas.com for more information. Thank you, guys, uh, for being a part of what we're doing here. So this is a show. We haven't done one in a couple weeks. And... Um, I have some personal news that I will share later, but I don't want to bring down the peoples because it is bad news. It's negative news. I want to start off with out of, out of this world news. I want to start off with news that is literally in the stars. And Joe, what is going on? Uh, are we going to be able to pretty soon head off to the moon and Mars and all that fun stuff? I mean, what's, what's going on here? Well, I, the, I, this is kind of a piece of news that came out this week. Um, a company called Golden Spike. Uh, they have unveiled plans that they would like to do commercial flights to the moon. 
So if you or a loved one have one and a half billion dollars sitting around, that's what it's going to cost for two seats, and that's all they're going to make available, at least initially, um, you could actually reserve your space on a flight to the moon by 2020. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's pretty fantastic. Um, How much will I don't this have, cost? I, like I said, yeah. one and a half billion U.S. dollars. Um, that's for two people. Oh, okay. So if you think about it that way, it's a bargain. It's only seven hundred fifty million dollars a piece. So Joe, uh, that makes that makes some. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's probably the cheap by mile. That's probably pretty reasonable compared to with any other airline. So how are we going to come up with this kind of money? I mean, I, I we get donations, and we're very grateful for the donations and the sponsors that we get. How are we going to pull this off? Well, I think I think this is a it's completely unrelated, but I think I think that maybe the best way to do it is to get a YouTube video that has just an unbelievable amount of views because uh, this is, like I said, completely unrelated. But uh, Gangnam Style, which only sold about two hundred and forty-three million or thousand copies in the U.S., has eight hundred fifty-three million views, which means Psy, who's only gotten you know a little less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the U.S. market for sales. Has got 1.7 million dollars oh. from YouTube. Oh, so you're so you're talking about so this I video. So I think we should have a video. Yeah, that video. That video. I think video. we should have okay. a video on YouTube that gets a few billion views, and uh, and then we might have enough money to um to go to the moon. Okay, so that's so that's all we need to do. We need to have a yeah. video like Gangnam Style, and pretty soon it'll hit a billion. It no, no, no. It, it needs to be more than Gangnam Style because it needs to not only hit a billion, it needs to go way past a billion. You John, I mean? we're talking. John, do you have any ideas of what we can do for for a, a billion video, like uh, you know, a video that puts out a billion views? Any ideas? No. Come on, John. I'm I'm thinking I, a I, cat. I, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'm thinking a cat. Okay. All right. Playing a music video that gets really popular. Like and playing it's really a catchy tune. Do you think like not well, keyboard cat? Oh, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna but say. But it needs to be like keyboard like, might work. I can think of lots well, of well, things. The but the two it, most it, popular videos, right? One of them size, and one of them is uh, um, who's that that little girl who does that music? I can't remember her name. Um, Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> uh, those are the two most popular videos on the internet right now. Uh, so if we do a music video, but we do instead of a person, we use a cat because cats are really big on the internet. Yeah, that might do it. All right. That has to be a really catchy song. John, John is thinking of something else. John is thinking of something <laughs> negative and mean and nasty. John is thinking of pornographic material, right, yeah. John? Yeah, that'll get it. Yeah, yeah, plenty of course. John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, anyway, yeah. So if you have a billion and a half dollars burning a hole in your pocket, give it to me. I mean, you can take a flight to the moon. Well, there's five billion people in the world, right? Yeah. Okay, so we just need at least, you know, one billion people to each give us a dollar. And we're there, or one point five, well, one and a half billion, one and a half billion. Yeah. Okay. Two billion. Well, you know what? We're, we may want some spending money when we're on okay. the moon. So let's yeah. just say even two billion <laughs> spending money. Um. <laughs> All right. So, but that's cool. You know, I mean, if you have the money, go to the moon by twenty twenty. You'd be what, like the tenth person on the moon or something like that. And on that note, let's move on. <laughs> So, Google, uh, if you live in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, or you Kansas City, lucky. Kansas, you are awesome because yeah. you have the opportunity to pick up something called Google Fiber. Google Fiber offers speeds up to uh, some slow gigabit down, gigabit up. It's, it's really terrible. Um, you don't want it. Uh, but anyway, they, have, they did mull over adding in home phone service, but they backed away from doing so because of added regulations for that. 
which for me personally, I I mean, why would they even care? I mean, they have a Google Voice service that works just fine. And we all know that you typically home phone services are expensive anyway. So I don't think this is a necessarily a bad thing. Um, anything you wanted to add on this, Joe? Well, I think what's interesting here is that the reason they backed away is not not because of you know the, it's added service or, or because of any problems with it. they added they backed away from it because there's so much red tape involved in in implementing something like that so you know i mean it, it i for a company like google to say well we're not going to do that because it'll take too much you know bureaucracy to get it done I think that tells you how much bureaucracy there's involved in setting up a phone service <laughs> I know we didn't uh, pull this story but I, I saw a story talking about Google Fiber and how much it would cost them or an estimated cost for them to roll it out to the rest of us in the United States. It was something like what fourteen billion or so. Oh, I think it, I think it was significantly more than that. Oh, it was it more was, than it that. Was, it was it was <laughs> way more than Google makes, uh, you know, grosses in a year. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was a huge amount of money to roll it out to the entire U.S. And even rolling it out to fifty percent of the population was still. Uh, just a ridiculous sum of money. So why is Google doing this, do you think? I mean, is this uh, more of a marketing thing? Is this a way for them to measure people? And obviously, because, you know, their their big deal is sales and marketing. You know, they sell ads and they sell your information uh, and try to market companies to you by using their services. And obviously, Kansas City is being used as a test bed for this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it may be that they think that they're going to be able to roll it out to other probably not the estimations on cost were all like you know rolling out to everybody so from the person in the middle of a city of a large city to the person all the way out in a farm somewhere in the middle of nowhere um you know there's vastly different that last mile part is a vastly different um question that's that's the really expensive part is what they call the yeah. last mile yeah and so it may be that, that google will expand this and add more cities more major metropolitan areas to it but it's going to be a while before we'd ever see a service like that anywhere else. And really, in at least my belief is the one of the main goals of Google fi uh, fi uh, Fiber, in addition to um, to whatever marketing and whatever user tracking that Google always does, is um, is just to put pressure on existing ISPs. Uh, I, you you know, know, as great as some ISPs are. Google doesn't, you know, it's not bound by some of the agreements that these other yeah. ISPs have. And uh, and because they're big enough, they can pretty much say, well, we're going to do it how we want to do it. And if yeah. you want to work with us, you can work with us. But otherwise, we're not going to bend over backwards for you. It's interesting you bring up competitors because the competitor in Kansas City is Time Warner. And they've said, well, we'll deliver one gig if, if, if customers request that. We just don't, we just don't see a demand for it. We just don't see a need to de deliver one gig speeds. We just don't see it. Yeah. They're scared. <laughs> They're oh, yeah. really yeah. scared. I mean, it's, it's it, the, the, most of the ISPs that are out there now, the big ones, came from the phone industry or from the television industry and have moved into the internet sector. And Google's going the other direction. They came from Internet. They have been yeah. an Internet company from the beginning, and now they're moving into that other that new business. So I think they'll have a way different point of view on it from what everybody else does. So I, I, it can only be good in the long run. At least I think so. Yeah. So uh, I see here that we have a link. I had to put an Apple story in here. Yeah. Well, I don't understand this Apple story. Is this yeah. is this because of the fact that this particular Intel is the one being put together here in the states? Or is this just uh, 
an iMac well, because you wanted to show off the iMac. <laughs> well, no, I mean we, we talked about the we talked about the iMac before when it launched. You know, right. we, we talked about how the how it looked really thin and it looked really really good. And, yeah, yeah. And um and I think it still does, but there is a, a negative side to it. And I and this is as much a post for everybody who says I never see anything bad with anything Apple does. Wait, wait, well, hold on. Um, hold on. Hey, hey guys, hold on. <laughs> if you're playing the uh, Geek Gamer Weekly drinking game. Yeah. And Joe saying something bad about Apple is on your list. That means you have to drink an entire fifth of. That's something, like a isn't fifth it? of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's um, like saying Mr. Data. You don't pick that. Um, all right. So so, so what? Or go ahead. Well, so so what happened is, as always happens with any new Apple product, iFix got their hands on the first one they could, and they did a teardown, and they did a really thorough teardown because that's what they do. Yeah, and they figured out they discovered that the screen on the twenty-one point five inch iMac, at least, they haven't gotten the twenty-seven inch. It's not available quite yet. The twenty-one point five inch iMac is actually glued onto the aluminum chassis. Oh. So, the problem with that is you can't access the memory, you can't access the hard drive, you can't access any of the internals. So, if you want to do a memory upgrade from the factory, you know, if you want to have a, a set amount of memory, and you're thinking, oh, I'll just buy it and then add that later. With at least the 21.5, you will not be able to do that without a heat gun and some uh, really, really well. The worst really thing is stable hands. The worst <laughs> thing is I'm I'm reading here is once you remove that ad- adhesive, it's yeah, a real pain to reattach that adhesive. Yeah, there's there's like a foam tape underneath it, and you have to replace that foam tape to get it stuck. The the actual screen put back together on. correctly. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a uh, it, with previous previous iMacs, the screen was actually attached by magnets, and it was fairly easy to take off. With this one, in order to get that really thin edge profile, they had to do glue. Oh. So uh, it's a uh, it it sucks. I know it sucks. Um, I mean, the only I guess the only thing the only positive you can say, and this isn't really even a positive. Is uh, the 27? Uh, it does list that it will have user accessible memory ports. Uh, however, the hard drive still won't be upgradable uh, without doing this this operation. And, so, and you end up paying more for this awesome premium. <laughs> well, is this well, is this Apple's? I was going to say, is for, is this Apple's way though, Joe, of forcing consumers to pay for those upgrades up front, and and and. I, I was hearing about um, I forget who it was. It might have been Michael Mann. I'm not sure, but he was talking about how he paid for these upgrades up front on his like Retina MacBook Pro because the usability to upgrade isn't there. Well, on is the, that the on same the thing? Retina, the Retina MacBooks, um, both the the 13 inch and the and the 15 inch, the memory is actually soldered onto the board, so it's put on during manufacture, not put on as it is assembled, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with these, the memory is actually in slots. So if you get the screen off, you can upgrade the memory, but you can't get the screen <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, you well, um, you can. You just can't yeah. put it back. That's the problem. And uh, and so it's a little bit different animal, but it's the same uh, It's the same sort of thing. Um, you can't, you know, it's Apple's really pushing their products as being non-user serviceable. And whether you like that or not, that's a, a, a it's how they're doing it. Now, some of their products actually have still maintained the really fairly high re- repairability ratings. Um, I have a Mac Mini. I've pulled that thing all the way apart and put in two hard drives. Uh, the Mac Pro, which hasn't been updated in ages at this point, uh, is a full-up desktop, and you can tear it apart as much as you want, add components to it. But, but they still have consumer, any... Their consumer-facing products, their main consumer-facing products, are, are all built this way, where there's no good upgrade path. And unfortunately... The MacBooks, MacBooks are starting to be built that way too. Where, yeah. with the the Retina display versions at least, there's no, you can't really upgrade the memory, you can't really upgrade the hard drive. 
So, yeah, I think it sucks. Um, I think it's a bad decision. Now, what's well, I uh, uh, to go back on the iMac though? What I think is really funny is as you run down this this um, this teardown, the first time I've seen in a long time on a Mac where the processor is actually in a socket, not soldered onto the board. Most of the processors in iMac on Macs are, are soldered right onto the board. This one's in a socket. So once again, if you can figure out how to get the screen off, you can do a lot of upgrades to this thing. You just got to figure out how to get the screen off. Right. <laughs> so I, I think it's a bum move. I think it's a bad move on Apple's part. Uh, there, there I go. I said something negative about oh, Apple. Oh, man. Pretty write it down. Oh, yeah, this stay it, in history. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do. I think it's a bad, a bad move on their part. I think this, the device looks beautiful from the outside. It's a gorgeous-looking it really, device. Yeah, really, really nice. Yeah. But um, the decisions they made on on making it accessible for the end user, for the pro user, is or for power user, is is really, really bad. I, I think it's a, a bad direction to be going in. It's a shame, really. But yeah. Uh, yeah. No, actually. So it ended up getting uh, on iFixit scale. It ended up getting a three out of ten for ooh, repairability. That is bad. So. What were you going to say, Mr. John Kessler? Oh, um, I think at, at the start of the uh, subject here, um, you asked about being assembled here in the U.S. No, the one screenshot picture had it down in China. Well, remember, made in China and assembled in the U.S. are two different things. The no. components... Yeah. Now, some of the... Uh, it actually it, says assembled in China. Well, one... Maybe not this specific iMac, but a uh, um, iMac is being assembled here in the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the iMacs... So, a, yeah. a selection of these iMacs have been... are have information in them that says they're assembled in the U.S. Most of them are still being made in China. but And we didn't put the story in here, but Foxconn has actually said they're going to make or, or put together a manufacturing facility in the U.S., and Apple has committed to producing at least one of their lines of products in the U.S. entirely. Yeah, I mean, the, the electronics and stuff is still going to be made overseas because, honestly, that's where all those manufacturing lines are. But, but uh, some the of the silicon is Well, the, the silicon, I mean, like processors... Yeah. Some of those packages are, are put together in the U.S., but memory is almost all made in Japan, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, hard drives are mostly made in Taiwan. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff is made in Asia, just because that's where those mar those those product lines developed. Right. And uh, and now the assembly, though, is coming over here, and uh, some of the assembly is going to be done here. And actually, some of the assembly is moving to Brazil, too. Foxconn has opened a few pro manufacturing lines down there. Those who travel often might want to listen to this next story. The FCC is saying that they think that you should be able to use your personal electronic devices and cell phones on airplane flights. So they've been doing testing for a very, very long time, um, off and on over the past 20 years in Europe and here and there and everywhere. And they're saying that they have not found any conclusive evidence that have proved cell phones or any other electronic device cause aircraft interference. However, passengers are still prohibited from using tablets and e-readers during takeoff and landing. Now, I've always been under the impression that the reason why that they're banned isn't because of interference issues anymore, but because they want your attention uh, during takeoff and landing because those are the, the most uh, opportune times for an emergency to possibly occur. Um, so anyway, uh, Boeing, uh, has said, you know, through the past that, uh, cell phones and electronics has caused anomalies with navigation equipment, but even the airline manufacturing giant hasn't been able to replicate those scenarios. So that's the, the facts of the story. I want to get the opinions, uh, from, from all of us here. 
What do you think, Joe? Uh, do you think uh, you should be able to fire up your phone and make conversations on an airplane and keep your phone or other device on all the time? Uh, you know, once you get in the air, you're not going to get a reception on your cell phone anyway. Um, but yeah, the idea that a cell phone is, is going to cause interference on the plane that could bring it down is really, really far-fetched. But the, the FAA rules are ridiculous. Um, my grandpa was a pilot for his entire life, basically. I think he, he got his pilot's license when he was 17 or 18 and flew until he was in his late 80s. And, um, and he went through a process of adding gauges that were not specifically designed for his airplane to his airplane. And, uh, and if he hadn't worked for the company that made the gauges, he never would have been able to do it because he didn't have access to the right documentation that the FAA wanted. So the FAA is super, super hard to work with, and they're really, really anal about everything that goes into their, their everything. Right. And, yeah. uh, and it's really hard to get anything past them. And right now, the way the rules are written, as far as I understand, for an for a airline, airplane manufacturer to allow an electronic device to operate in the air while the plane is flying, they would actually have to test every different device in that aircraft in real-world situations. Man, that would be a pain in the butt. Right. So Boeing would have to go out there and buy every single Android smartphone out there. They'd have to buy every single iPhone out there. They'd have to buy every single regular phone, dumb phone. They'd have to buy tablets, all, every single one of those devices, and actually fly the plane and test it to see how much interference or no interference they get. Which is just preposterous. I, there's no way. I mean, even a company like Boeing, there's no way they can do that. So the the solution is, nope, you can't run any of them. Well, however, I don't understand. And then the, the, the argument that, well, they want you to pay attention during takeoff and landing, then why haven't they banned books or magazines? <laughs> they hand you magazines and you get on the plane. There's one in the seat pocket in front of you. Why are they not banning those if they want you to pay attention? And if that's not the cause, then why can't I read my Kindle while we're taking off? Seriously, that's all I want to do. But. Sorry, Joe, we need your attention during takeoff and landing. Please make sure your chair is in the fully upright position and your uh, uh, trays are fully locked. John, how do you feel? I mean, you've, you've done some flying. You're an e-book kind of guy. Yeah. Would you like to be able to use your e-book reader during takeoff and landing? No, I like to pay attention. You will like to pay attention. Actually, though, and uh, Mythbusters actually, I think, yes, uh, debunked they did. that. Well, they and the uh, postage, postage stamp on the uh, helicopter rotor blade. Too. Well, there's a couple of things. First off, the debunking that they did, they did not do do it in a, commer uh, a commercial jet. They used, I believe, a prop plane, like a Cessna. No. I'm pretty uh, I think sure. They used, no, they used a um, jet stream. So they did it two different ways, right? They did it uh, with a cockpit of a small aircraft on the back of a truck driving down the highway. Yeah. And in that one, they did experience interference. Yes. And then they also did it in a Learjet. private jet. Yeah, like a business jet on the tarmac and didn't experience inter interference. Right. But they weren't allowed to test it while they were in the air because that would break FAA rules. That's correct. Because the FAA is... I believe the Nextels were the ones that they, they got the interference with, I believe. I, d I don't recall. I yeah. But the, the reason they got it in the in the truck was because they had no, they had no um, electrical... Uh, insulation. They had no, you know, it was right. all totally exposed. Yeah. So. I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know what, for me, I, um, you know, if there, if there's an emergency, okay, and I, I understand the book argument, you know, well, books aren't illegal, but it's really easy to toss a book out of the way if there's an emergency. Let's say there's an emergency and you have your laptop open and your, your tablet on or whatever, 
most people would be like, I don't want to mess with this because this is my prized money that I spent hundreds of dollars on. I'm okay with them still banning during takeoff and landing until you reach that 10,000 foot level and you hear that, bung, bung, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I'm okay with that. Um, you know, for me, eh, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, people already talk to, to each other on the plane. They, they, they talk uh, to their neighbors. And also, some of those planes back in the day had cell phones in the back of those seats, you know, those phones, those airplane phones. And, you know, you could call your, your friends for $5 a minute and say, I'm calling you from the plane. Uh, and Wi-Fi is okay. So I'm okay with no devices during takeoff and landing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Keep it up, FAA. Keep up the yeah. good work. Have you ever been Keep stuck in an sick. airplane on the tarmac in taxiing for like half an hour? Yes. And you're okay with no electronic devices during that? They, they gotta let you use. Well, I. Uh, but we're but but because it's from the time the door closes until the plane reaches ten thousand feet. That's right. So if you're stuck on the tarmac waiting in a long line of planes May- because your flight was already slightly delayed, so now it's throwing the schedule off everybody else. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they there, can sit there reading the safety card. Is that what you do? Well, maybe they can create an exception if if uh, an airplane is delayed longer than thirty minutes on the tarmac. But they already have rules that they have to deplane the passengers after a certain but amount of time. It's after like three hours. Okay, so you make it after twenty minutes. If you're delayed on the tarmac twenty minutes, you're allowed to use electronic devices at the captain's discretion. Yeah, I, I. I don't think the FAA will ever, ever, ever allow something. Like that. uh, well, that's fine. I don't care. I'm okay. I'm okay with uh, bringing uh, uh, my. You play- are agreeing to government bureaucracy far no. too easily. No, you should <laughs> join with us and and band against this Hack this strikedown of oh, by the man. No, I'm okay. It doesn't bother me. This part doesn't bother me. This is not the fight to fight. It's not. The fight to fight is. I can't make a segue out of this. Uh, <laughs> you can buy yourself a 4K cinema player. Fight the fight is low resolution movies. Yeah, low resolution movies, and this thing with high frame rates is cheap yeah. and high res. What is it, Joe? So this is um, everybody's heard of Red, who uh, make the camera. Yes, I assume everybody's heard of Red. I've they make never the heard super of high resolution camera. They filmed uh, parts of Lord of the Rings, and they they filmed the I think they filmed the Hobbit in it and stuff like that. Anyway, it's a super high res camera, does high frame rates, really really beautiful video. Well, they're making a projector, a home cinema theater projector. What? 4K projector. Yeah, it's really really cool. So the, the, this projector, it's um it's a whole home theater system, player and projector, and uh, it'll it'll actually project video at. 4096, which is 4K by uh, 2160, or 3840 by 2160, in uh, at up to I can't remember the frame rate. I thought I had the frame rate, but what I one of the things I think is hilarious about it is in order to provide that much bandwidth, you either need one HDMI 1.4 port device or four HDMI 1.3s and an additional one for the audio. So. <laughs> So if you have a newer device that's able to push 4K video, which of course all the Red Gear can, you can pick one of these up. It's going to be available later this year for just or next year for just one thousand four hundred and fifty dollars. That's it. It says. I, so, I I can't believe how actually I literally I cannot believe how cheap that is. Yeah, but 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 this laser. is just but this is just a player. This doesn't project it or anything. This is just a player. I thought it was the player and projector. It oh, says, they, we got a peek at the player. 
says or the player and projector. This is just the player. So this, yeah, this is just the player. The player is fifteen hundred dollars. What about the projector though? This this is fifteen. Yeah, yeah, the projector's going to be three million dollars. Yeah, this is fifteen three million dollars. This is cheap. The projector's going to be expensive. The projector's probably going to be a couple three thousand dollars would be my guess. Yeah, but even it, still, for four K video at home, that's a pretty good price. Yeah, I guess. That thing says. I mean, I mean, ten eighty p projectors laser are, projector. are you know the thousand dollar range. Thing. I don't know if I like the name Lasers. Red Ray. I don't know if I like that. What's with the Red Ray. Name? I don't know. Seems it's a, a digital lame. cinema laser projection system. That's just awesome. Laser projection. Freaking lasers. Are you going to anyway. order one, John, for your uh, living room? You got it. Yeah, see, there you go. You have, a, you have a DVD player with four or five HDMI outs so you can drive it at full res? John's adding right now. <laughs> I think a, a DVD player with four... John's HD, adding. They only have... DVD players only have one. Yeah. Anyway, John. <laughs> like... Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna pre-order oh, it, please. It it'll do it'll do 3D at 48 or 60 frames per second. John, if you pre-order, make sure you use our Amazon link, please. Uh, I appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. Thanks. Thanks. I don't think it's yeah. available through Amazon yet. I know, it might be at some yeah. point. But yeah, if if you're gonna pre-order it and you get and you end up getting it through Amazon, you should get it. You know, after you click on our little link. Yeah. yeah. A sad, sad, sad day is happening in a couple of days as we move on to our gaming topics. Sorry to it's already happened. Well, it's on... Oh, it's expected to arrive. I'm sorry. Expected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Space tourism? Sad, sad news, you guys. And that is because after a long, long, long run, the publication known as Nintendo Power will cease publication and production. The last issue is going to be on newsstands in a couple of days here on December 11th. And uh, it's very, very sad. And uh, one thing I guess I do like about this is if you look at the uh, old Nintendo Power on the right and the the last edition I- issue on the left, they paid homage to the very first issue by th- making it design and look like the first issue, which I thought was... A nice, nice touch. They even put the uh, the banner at the bottom, the source for Nintendo players straight from the pros. Um, very, very cool. I remember um, Nintendo Power. Actually, a little story I have about this, and, and I'll ask Joe's uh, opinion about Nintendo Power. When I was uh, growing up, a big Nintendo fanboy, as you guys can see behind me, I have the NES up there. And I had a pair of... Uh, Thanks to my grandparents, they got me a pair of Air Jordans. And one of my friends in the neighboring town had a full collection of Nintendo Powers up to the current month. So I think this was must have been a few years he had them. And so I wanted his collection. And so we traded my shoes for his Nintendo Power collection. And then I was sneaky. I was so bad. <laughs> this is how bad I was. I, he left his label, the label of his subscription on the front of the cover, and I called Nintendo Power, and I got the subscription changed to my house. <laughs> and I That's got... I know, I was just so terrible. <laughs> but uh, I remember, I remember going through these issues, and it just uh, such such awesome, awesome stuff. Now, obviously, with the advent of the internet... Um, you know, a lot of these publications, you know, a lot of people don't even go through magazines anymore. Or if they do, they try to get them in e-formats. 
but it's it's sad that a part of Nintendo history and you know just that Americana. You know, I remember getting a Nintendo cartridge, and you want to be a part of the Nintendo Power Fan Club, and there was a postcard, and you'd send it in. You get Nintendo Power Magazine. It used to, it used to come out bi monthly. Yeah, you'd only get one every two months, and you're like, oh my god, Nintendo Power is here. I got a new poster. Look, it comes with the Mario, and it's clay, and it's awesome. So yes, a sad day indeed. Do you have any uh, do you have any uh, memories of Nintendo Power, Joe? I, I actually was a subscriber of Nintendo Power from the first step issue. So you have them all? I, I had them all. Oh. Um, I, my first issue I had, remember, I got them. I must have gotten them when I was, let's say, like maybe six. Okay. Um, I was still living in Hawaii, and I, had the, I got the very first issue, and I remember it. I, I actually, every once in a while, run across it. However, um, at some point in, in the past, I'm not sure when the cover got ripped off. Oh yeah, I know. So I have the first issue; it's somewhere in the house, but it's missing its front cover. And then I do have—I uh, had a pretty, pretty solid collection all the way through. Um, I would say pro- that probably from from like I said, first production through the early '90s. I would guess. Um, I brought them over from with uh, with us when we came over from Hawaii. I brought over the whole thing, and then I kept the the subscription going for for a lot of years. So, of the 20 years that they've been producing it. I would say I was probably a subscriber for the better part of fifteen, um, uh, but yeah, I've I've lost track of most of them. And uh, for a while there, they were doing a really cool. They were doing actually a picture uh, on the spines. If you lined them all up on the bookshelf, you you get a picture of Mario on the spines. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I have fond memories of it, using it as uh, as the guide. Um, <sighs> you know, you'd 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 crack one of those open. I remember uh, in the very early days, they had almost no ads in them too. They uh, they were all almost all content. The well, only the whole ads thing were was a few Nintendo things. A few. It was well, all a Nintendo ad. What yeah, but but it was but it was no but it wasn't really you know there were no third party ads. There yeah, was nothing really yeah. really overt and really obvious. Yeah, it was all it was all you know ads in the guise of context and uh, or, you know or of content and uh, and yeah you could you could work your way through games. You got previews of coming games and. Uh, just all kinds of cool stuff, and and yeah, I, I uh, somewhere around here, I think I still even have the um, the Virtual Boy premiere episode. I got to see if I can find some of those. But uh-huh. yeah, it was it was a cool magazine. It was one of the few that I, I subscribed to. I I really, I think I kept subscribing for an extra couple three years because I didn't want to stop it because I'd been a subscriber yeah. since the very yeah. beginning. See, yeah. So, but yeah, eventually I let it lapse, and I haven't gotten a magazine in, in a in a bunch of years yeah. now. Five or six years now. Well, may may want to head out to uh, your local, uh, you know, store and yeah. uh, pick one up just for nostalgic sake. I, I might go and pick one up since I got some extra time on my hands. And eleventh uh, is the day, so on Tuesday, it'll be out on newsstands everywhere. Last Nintendo Power, John. I was going to ask John if he had any memories, but John never played Nintendo, so no. Nope. John does. John played Nintendo a couple of years ago. We played uh, Contra at a birthday party all the way through. First mm-hmm. time I ever played a NES. Was that the first time you ever played Nintendo, John? No. No, no. First time you ever played Contra? Yes. Yes. How'd you like it, by the way? I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. It was a blur. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite, you guys. Sorry, it's been delayed again another month. Now it's pushed back to March of 2013 for, quote, extra polish... And bug fixing, right? Uh, <laughs> just just push it back a little bit more, uh, but obviously they want to get it right. Uh, they don't want any problems. 
but I I think they're just having major issues. Uh, I mean, February 26th was still a pretty big deadline, or, you know, it's still a couple months from now, but now they're pushing it back another month. Um, any comments, Joe? Well, there's there's two parts of the Bioshock Infinite story. Um, you know, we talked about it on the last problem, show. right. Well, well, we talked about it on our last show where um, where there's not going to be any multiplayer, which I think we all came to the conclusion that's not actually a bad thing. Um, and now they've delayed it until March 2013, which does kind of suck. But I think there's really good things. There's a couple really good things that have come out since then, too. It's going to have full graphic control. So you'll be able to set your, uh, your field of view. You'll be able to do all the stuff that you're supposed to be able to do on a good PC game rather than on a you know, crappy console port. So that is a really, I think, is a really good thing. The other big piece of news is it's not going to use game for Windows Live. Yeah, and we got that information from a tweet. Yes, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the the main guys over there uh, actually tweeted. Uh, Ken Levine actually tweeted and said it will not use games for Windows Live. What's wrong with awesome. games for but Windows it will Live? Use, it will use Steamworks, uh, which is I'm, I have no problem with that. So, games for yeah. Windows Live is okay. I'm okay with no, games for Windows Live. It's, it's all terrible. right. It is. It it's is okay. Uh, it is flawed at its very base. It's fine. No, it's it's it is. It's really not. It's okay. I no no. no it if doesn't you have bother a shared me. Games for Windows Live account and Xbox Live account, and you log on to one of them, it logs you off the other one. But why would I be? I wouldn't be in two places at once. Right, you wouldn't be. But what if? Uh, what if your wife is watching Netflix on the Xbox on the TV? She has I know her, you have other options to watch Netflix, but what if you didn't? What if that was your only way to watch? She Netflix has her own on account. The TV? Right, but if if she has a gold account, yeah, okay, so then she can get away with that. But if you're in a household that's normal, <laughs> or don't have two gold accounts, <laughs> um, and she's watching that, and you log onto your Games for Windows Live account, she gets kicked off. She can't watch Netflix. Is that still happening? That's still happening. Well, like I said, it doesn't bother me. Me, it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't bother, bother you. Me. All right, so one person, it doesn't annoy. Um, I hate games for Windows Live. I think it's a waste. I think it's a problem. I do not like it. I try not to buy games that have it, but oftentimes I don't find out of it that it has it until after I bought it. Do you them. have a gold account, Joe? No. So, so then not. why does it bother you? I hate the idea that I have to log into this multiplayer thing, this online component to save a single player game. Do you have to log into Steam before you play a Steam game? No. You don't? I could set it offline mode and I don't have to. Okay. With Games for Windows Live, I, there's no off. If I try to go offline, it says none of your saves will be saved at this point. Yada yada yada. What about no. what if somebody doesn't have online access? Right, that's another good point. Suddenly, Games for Windows Live isn't so peachy keen, huh? Disconnect your internet and see what happens. I'm I'm just curious. I mean, how can I'm not going to disconnect my internet right now? That'll cause other problems. Just do it right now. No, just yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Just go ahead, turn on. Games for Windows Live is terrible. I've always thought it's terrible. I do not like it. I'm glad that Bioshock Infinite will not have it. It's not the end of the world. No, it's great that it doesn't have it. The end of the world doesn't go for another week anyway. The European Nintendo Wii U eShop, say that 10 times fast, has restricted content during the daytime. It has been revealed such that users cannot access. 18 and overrated content in the online store before 11 p.m. each day. So, for example, um, we uh, the game Zombie U, which is rated 18 plus, which I believe is a mature title, uh, if it was equated to the United States rating system, yep. um, you would not be able to view trailers or screenshots. Um, if you did during the day, 
you would get the message, you cannot view this content. What do you guys think about this? Uh, this is in the European area, uh, European Nintendo Wii U shop. So uh, these are restrictions that you might see in uh, Italy or Germany, basically European countries. Yeah, and it's it only applies from ele- or be- um, before 11 p.m. and after 3 a.m. Right. So if you wanted to go buy uh, an 18 plus rated game on the Wii U shop, you'd have to do it after 11 p.m. Because they think the kids are going to be asleep at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling this is a temporary thing. This is temporary? I, I think that this is going to be This is government a, control, my friend. Uh, it is the EU. I think this is something that, that Nintendo's going to... The way they're going to get around it is they're going to make it so that you, when you set up your account, they ask for your age or something like that, and if you're over 18, they they don't do this. But that's just a guess. I'm not sure. I mean, how, do, how does Sony and uh, Microsoft get around? Now, is this Nintendo blocking this, or is this the EU doing this? Because... I think it's, here, it's Nintendo it's blocking nin- it, trying to conform to an EU requirement. Oh well, why can't the why can't they just set it up where that there needs to be some sort of age verification uh, before you purchase something? Well, the Wii U. Remember, the Wii U just came out right only a couple right. weeks ago, yeah. and I I kind of got the impression that they really shoved it out the doors as as tight to the deadline as they possibly could, right? Because uh, like a bunch of features that were supposed to be there with the shot with when it shipped, like Wii TV and a few other things, aren't included, and they are not going to be available until next year at the earliest. I mean, next year is in you know four weeks away, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, but you know, I think they really pushed this out the door as much as they can. So there's going to be, I, I think this is going to be. I'm not trying to defend them too much, but you know, um, I, I think this is a temporary thing. And, Nintendo and can do no this. wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have I seen? Have you guys seen my Virtual Boy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a fanboy. Uh, no. But um, but no, I, th- I think this is going to be a temporary thing. I think they're going to get around it. I mean, Sony and Microsoft figured out how to. I'm sure Nintendo is going to be able to figure out how. To. Yeah. Or you know just. Move out of the EU. If you have this problem. That'll fix it. Yeah. Uh, move to wherever Maldex at. John, do you, how do you what? feel about if you lived in Europe and, and Nintendo was restricting sale until 11 p.m. in the evening? How would how would that make you feel as a gamer? That's crazy. I don't know. You'd have to. The biggest thing, I guess, you'd have to get into the mentality of. You know, life over there in Europe or in in, in the this EU is countries. Nintendo doing this though. You know why? Why are they doing it in the EU? Well, they're con- trying to conform to an EU Law. regulations. Yeah. Yes. So you know, for people that are, they're over there and used to the way they things are done over there, it's probably no big other than like the one guy was saying. So he goes, I so he goes, so he has to. He only has a four hour window after everybody else, any normal sane person, has gone to bed. <laughs> Right to do this stuff, and he's yeah. like, you know, he goes, you know, so after three a.m., does it still continue to download? Um, I was just kind of looking through the comments there. Now they talked about said Nintendo first charges fifty cents to register a minor on the Wii U. Uh, it's a, had, it, had anybody heard about that? No. Yeah, there's a um, they they ha- they have to authenticate the credit card you put in or something like that. Uh-huh. Um. And uh, the lowest transaction they can put through without co- without costing them anything is fifty cents. I think that's a. I, I think that was a story we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, he made it sound like that. Yeah, just re- re- that they're getting charged the fifty cents to register a minor, not that they were just doing a. a, a, a well, like when you go to sure. register a credit card on PayPal, you get, you know, 
change you know money back and forth 50 mm-hmm. cents or 60 cents whatever it is you know it's a, it's a, it's a not a big transaction there but they're sounding like they're getting you know they're well, getting well paypal is for a bank account yes but you're still and you're this registering is for a credit card. So bank account, a wire transaction with a bank account doesn't usually charge you know significant money, and a credit card transaction can actually charge quite a bit of money to do just to yeah. do the transaction. But you know he, that guy made it sound like they were getting charged not so much you know the fifty cents to, to validate the credit card. It's just fifty cents. Come it is on, just 50 cents. people. No. Yeah. No, but no, that wasn't so much fifty cents. But the fact that to register a minor, they got to pay. That it was account Does an it account matter? for the minor. It's just fifty cents, people. Yeah, it's just to pay for the transact, the credit yeah. card transaction. Yeah, okay. To prove uh, it's valid. Our final story is. Uh, I, I I wish we didn't have it in here because I, I really didn't want to ca- talk about them. But it's okay. You didn't want to talk about it? We can cancel it. Who cares? No, no, that's all right. It's your fault for not looking over the stories. No, nah, that's all right. I didn't. I, I didn't do. I didn't do. I need anything to dig on this game. Uh, that's the only reason why I'm okay with it. Okay. Black okay. Ops Two. There was a pre-order. So there was a pre-order special. If you pre-ordered the awesome game, yeah, uh, this beautiful game, yeah, this game, Black Ops Two, you would get yourself a a map, a really nice map called Nuketown Twenty Twenty Five. Is this an eighteen plus map? This is a twelve plus map. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so remember, Black Ops Two, they made yeah. the decision that nobody can run their own server. That's right. It's all this and stuff. Only, well, the the only servers available are theirs. Are through uh, through the developers, um, through Treyarch, and you can't even buy it at a server host like some of the others have done. Nope. This is we are going to run these servers. We're going to run them the way we want to run them. We're going to allow you to play the maps we want to pl- we want you to play, and we're only going to do it because we think we can do it better than everybody else. And oh yeah, and by the way, mods suck. And, oh yeah, and by the way. <laughs> Um, you know that that pre-order map, you know that you got for pre-ordering the game. Well, that's not really yours to keep. Um, yeah, we're only gonna let you play that, uh, you know, for special events. So yeah. Well, well, you can you always have that map, but you can only play it on their servers when their servers decide to have it up. Yeah, sorry, Joe. And they're Joe. gonna take the servers down because it was a special event we had it up for, which means yeah, this hugely popular map that a lot of people like to play. And paid for play. Yeah, I feel, I just feel terrible. Sorry. About that. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) That's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Mm -hmm. So that's our show. Well, they did, we should mention they did sort of fix it. Oh, they did? What did they they do? They added a a new playlist for some of their servers called Chaos, Chaos Mosh Pit. And it includes. Um, the Nuketown map that was part of the pre-order bonus. But do you, so, have, do you have to pay another extra fifteen dollars to get the rest of the maps that go on the, that mosh pit server? Uh, I think you. I'm or not that, sure exactly how it worked out, but or, yeah, you, you end up you you if you're part of the pre-order, I think you get to play on it for free. If you're not part of the pre-order, you have to pay money to play that map. And um, I didn't pre-order it, and I didn't buy it, and I'm not going to buy it. And um, it's a stupid game anyway. Nobody likes it. Yeah. You can find all of our awesome and great content <laughs> over on um, our um, our website, which is geekgamer.tv. Um, I want to remind everybody, um, obviously, with the holidays coming up, um, um, we're right in the middle of Hanukkah, but you also got Kwanzaa and, and Christmas and Boxing Day and all these other great holidays coming up this month. 
And so uh, you might be given some gifts. And if you're giving some gifts, we'd love it if you come over to our website first before you give those gifts, especially if you're doing shopping over there at Amazon or Best Buy or Newegg. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say gift or gifts? If you're giving gifts. Okay. It's not like you said. If you're giving gifts, why would people be giving gifts? 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 G-I-F-F-S. So if you come over, if you're from the U.S., you can just click on this Amazon banner that you see on the right-hand side of our homepage. Or if you scroll down to the very, very bottom of the screen, uh, there are uh, links for Amazon Canada, U.K., U.S. And you can also just donate straight cash to our website by going to geekgamer.tv slash support. Scroll on down, and your donations will help go towards the cause to include studio upgrades, as crown you molding. see. And crown molding. <laughs> and, oh, wait, I need a new chair. Oh, wait, no. And new desks, um, and actually new lighting and, and all that fun stuff. So uh, big props to all donators out there who uh, throw uh, uh, you know their, their contributions in to help this small little geeky and gaming network. Uh, reach you guys there at home, wherever you're listening to us. Um, on a personal note, um, I wanted to I wanted to say that um, um, I know I, I do have a, a, a lot of friends and, and colleagues uh, from uh, from my old place of employment uh, watch this show, and uh, I worked uh, I worked for the Nielsen Company for ten years, and the Nielsen Company is the TV ratings company. Uh, they're the company that says that this show was the number one most watched show in a country, and um, not not this show, but a show, a show, not our yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after ten years of of work, um, you know the company is moving into new directions, and I was uh, unfortunately laid off, and so um, I will be around for a while. Um, in the meantime, I'll be looking for work and uh, many different capacities, um, hopefully in, in tune with my passions of, of gaming and geek stuff, and maybe uh, internet broadcasting might make a place there. Uh, so if you're from the Seattle metro area and uh, you know anybody, send me a note or an email, chase at geekgamer.tv. Yes, I am asking for assistance. Yes, I'm asking for feelers. So yes, chase at geekgamer.tv. If you're looking for someone like me, if you're looking for someone like John, you can't have him because uh, he's already have a job. John Kessler, you can find him uh, on Eve. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's the only place you can find him because he's not on any other social media. He's not on Facebook. He's not on Twitter. He's barely on email, and he barely answers his phone. I answered it when you called yesterday. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. John Kessler, uh, also our chat room moderator. Thanks a lot. And coming soon, I think we'll have an EVE online segment. We're going to be adding in some new things into the show. Uh, the, the show will... Uh, I've already uh, been um, working on a special pinball episode where I'll have uh, some guys in, that are very, very uh, high up in the, the world of pinball, ranked players, um, hoping to bring in maybe Jersey Jack and, and uh, Gary Stern. Maybe not on the same show. Maybe I'll pre-tape their interviews separately. I, I don't know if I got them on the same show. That that might be a little weird. Uh, they're you know they're, they're competitors and all. Uh, but no, we have lots of great ideas for future shows. Um, also, um, you know, audio engineering. We're gonna get the guys from over from Personas on and do an audio engineering episode. So really, we're gonna get into specialty stuff. But in the meantime, we'll continue our status quo. Uh, my co-host uh, for Minecraft Me the 
nominated gaming podcast of the year for the podcast awards. Um, and we'll be doing um, our normal routine show on Thursday, but we'll also uh, be working on some special stuff uh, coming up for the holidays uh, that we'll be rolling out. Uh, since, uh, you know, Joe's going to be taking some time off, I'm going to be taking some time off. And um, should be a lot of fun, Joe. Yeah. Should we give a Should we give a hint to those who watch the Key Gamer Weekly Show what they're going to expect on our special Minecraft Me editions coming up in the next few weeks, a couple weeks? Well, the the big thing is we're going to have a, a holiday episode. Yes. Yes. I think that's probably the the biggest thing. It's going to be very Now the content of that holiday episode is it's confidential. A little bit of a mystery. Yes. Um but uh but yeah, we're going to be doing a holiday episode, holiday themed episode. That's right. Nice. We're going to we're going to have The uh, holiday is going to be uh Halloween. That's the theme the Halloween <laughs> episode. <laughs> the Halloween in December <laughs> episode. No, uh, we're uh, we're going to have some really cool things uh, for Minecraft stuff. So any, uh, it's going to be holiday themed. So uh, holiday themed texture packs, maybe some holiday themed adventures, and also uh, we're going to show off some cool things uh, happening in our public server as well. So uh, hopefully this episode sounded well for you guys. Like I said, we're still tweaking the settings. We're still making things sound good. But a, a big shout out to all the guys over there at Presonus. Uh, for being our audio sponsor of Geek Gamer TV and Geek Gamer Weekly. And also a big shout out to the guys from Queens Network, GFQLive.tv, Andrew Zarian, John Bubb, and the gang uh, for simulcasting our show and also putting it up on their website as well. Um, so that's it. Um, we'll be back next week for another show. That's right. We will be here next week. Well, at least I will be here next week. John will hopefully be here. Maybe Joe will be what? here. Oh, I don't know. But I'll be here for sure. And uh, we're going to have Andrew Zeri on as well, hopefully. Uh, he told me that he would love to come back, and we'd love to have him back. It's always fun. And maybe we'll turn it into a drinking episode. Who knows? <gasps> Every time John wipes his head, a person takes a drink. <sighs> for Mr. Joseph Falvey, my name, and John Kessler, my name is Chase Nunes. Thanks for watching Geek Gamer Weekly. Until we all talk again, we are all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs>